We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And tonight, I am lucky enough to be joined by Axis. You know him on Twitter as at FantasyJesusDFS. And obviously, he is doing some great work over at uh, FTN, doing some bet, uh, some some different golf stuff. Uh, what's going on, man? How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Oh, glad to be here. Glad to be uh, talking some betting. Normally, it's a lot of fantasy stuff, which I enjoy a lot as well. But uh, I think I'm a better at heart, so I like. I'm glad to be here to talk some uh, golf betting. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I was I was sort of bouncing around this idea for a little bit, and I uh, was lucky enough to get you know Eric, Mike, and yourself to uh, to actually say yes. So uh, <laughs> I figured I figured it would be a good way for for me to to pick some good brains and uh and get some ideas for for myself so there's there's some selfishness here um but uh yeah i figured i figured the people would uh would enjoy listening to this because um you know i do i hold the three of you in very high regard so uh it'll be it'll be fun to uh to 
chat about it and see if we can uh, can get to the bottom of some things. Um, I know some people are very hesitant to to give up, you know, quote unquote, give up their edge. Um, so we we won't get a hundred percent of the the secret sauce, but we'll we'll talk some things out and hopefully sure. uh, hopefully get out some good info. So uh, to to start off, what's your what's sort of your background in golf? Were were you a golfer uh, when you were younger? Is this more of I'm a really good better and I, I happen to find golf. What's, uh, what's your angle here? I started golf. Yeah. My dad just started taking me to the range when I was younger. Um, bought us a old set of clubs. Me and my little brother hacked them in half, you know, and gave me the, the odds, the three, five, uh, nine. And my brother got the, the four, six, eight or whatever of the set. And, uh, yeah, I really didn't get into following golf until, until probably it was too late. Like I remember watch, I would watch Tiger specifically like most right. kids. Um, I'm 32 for reference. So I was right in, you know, yeah. started coming up age of watching sports, you know, <laughs> as he was making his runs. So that, that was my golf younger, but I always played. Um, I, and then I started finding out, um, yeah, the outright bet. I, you know, I bet on all other sort of sports and I kind of just fell into golf betting and fell in love with it. Uh, the the sweat is different. You can bet every day if you want. You can have a whole weekend of entertainment. Uh, so yeah, just kind of. It was definitely a player first. Stumbled into being a fan of the actual game and betting. Yeah, I think uh, I may, maybe I was a bit more of a of a watcher uh, growing up than it than it sounds like you are, but. Um, I still think that I, I probably didn't appreciate uh, what what Tiger right. was doing uh, at the time. So oh, I definitely um, didn't. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I just remember, uh, you know, my my grandpa was a huge, uh, huge Phil fan. Uh, so he just he just hated every every second of uh, of Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, yeah. I'm sure there was plenty of that going around at the time. Um yeah, so uh, we we sort of talked before before the show. You had mentioned that you were uh, you were playing around with some of your your modeling stuff uh, over this you know forced forced break that we have. Um, yep. But it obviously also sounds like you are uh, you know a fan as well, and you're you're sweating these these bets and watching oh, yeah. watching along. Um, so what wh- where do you how would you describe yourself as a golf better? Are you are you more likely to sort of like override what the numbers are telling you based on what you saw or vice versa? Um, I am probably a slave to the numbers too much in a, in a way. Um, when it comes to outrights, I'm a little different. I am more willing to take what I would deem as potentially a negative EV bet just because there's so much more luck involved in getting the winner. So if I have a guy that's close to a number that I was hoping to see, like, um, I don't know, for the, this week, uh, I made Xander 27 to 1. I would, if I really liked him enough with the course fit, I'd take a 22. Like, the 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 probability points there, you know, there's a lot of error in my numbers that, that could be in that window. When it comes to head-to-heads, I am pure numbers. I don't override that. I just bet. I trust it. But definitely. I think there can be some nuance. I think it's hard to quantify things. Like um, I know you're big on the course history thing, and I'm not. I don't want to say I believe in it necessarily. And even if I could, I don't know how I'd quantify it the best. So, like, I could use some of that to override or course fit to like 
improve my numbers, you know, fudge them a little after I do the simulations. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the the fun, the fun part of of all that on Twitter is just leaving, you know, giving absolutely no nuance, right uh, to that take, just because I know it gets people riled up. But realistically, it's one of those things where, like you said, I think it's difficult to quantify. But more importantly, I also think that any, any effect it could have is probably priced in uh, into the markets or into, you know, salary on DraftKings or whatever it is. Um, so, and then, I mean, forget about it. Once you start talking about DFS and you're talking about ownership as well, then it's like how much, how much value is being sucked out, uh, at that point. You know what I mean? I definitely agree with course history being built into the market. It's, it's very rare. You see someone who has good course history and you see the number and you're like, Oh, unless he's playing like complete trash. Right. But it it's like, Billy Horschel last week, everybody was like, oh my God, 45 to one. It's like, well, yeah, it's already baked in. So even if I don't use it as part of my model, um, I could even mix and match, you know, maybe take a little average with the market and see where my number gets closer to. But like, you know, on outrights, we're talking, you know, I got a guy who's four and a half percent to win versus a guy who's 4.2% to win. And that's like 21 to one to 23 to one. So... (laughs) And that's within a margin of error of what I would even deem my my math to be correct. Like I don't right. think my model is the end all be all. So, you know, if I if I re- if I see a guy who's forty to one and I made him fifty five to one, I'll make that type of bet. But I on a head to head, I I will not. Like if my numbers don't show me definitively that I think I have an edge, I won't bet it. But that yeah, I, mean- I get a little fun with. And, and people also have to realize that, you know, whether it's it's a number, uh, you know, I've been doing these these range of outcomes, uh, yeah. you know, tweeting out those visuals from the simulator. There's there's obviously things about that simulator that are very close to what a book might have. And mm-hmm. there are some things that are completely different than what a book might have. And those differences, I consider my edge, but it doesn't mean that it's just the you know what i mean like it doesn't mean that i'm always more right oh no it just means where i'm willing to sort of you know try and take advantage of something it with the numbers that i believe in basically oh yeah i definitely don't think i have the the end-all be-all model but it works and i'm maybe not 100 sure why it continues to show me an edge if that makes sense but but it does and i do tweak it i try to stay on top of it um but, you know, I also try to keep it kind of worldwide, too, so I can intermingle Euro guys with PGA guys. So there's always some tinkering to it, but I, I'm not a professional better. I just I do my best to bet like I think a professional better would. Right. So I've been years of doing this and, you know, just tweaking the process, listening to smarter people than myself, um, you know, bankroll management, um, you know, Kelly Criterion, all these different things. So it's still fun for me because I just enjoy doing it, making the models, running them. You know, it, it's it's a game to me. Like, can I actually beat them again this week? So right. I enjoy it no matter what it is. So I try to bet like that, but I still have a little fandom gut feel to the outrights, especially. I want to remind you guys about our sponsor, Deal Dash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, 
beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. So go to DealDash.com, use the offer code ROTOVIZ or DealDash.FM slash ROTOVIZ. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash ROTOVIZ. The other site I want to remind you guys about is Bet Online. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball has finally kicked off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. With the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that people see, uh, you know, whether whoever it is online, um, whether it's golf or not, uh, you know, like Ken Pomeroy tweeting out, like, you know, per- these percentages, like they're not, they're his percentages. It's not gospel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think people, uh, when you start putting out percentages and things like that, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, well, they definitely know what they're talking about. That's definitely right. And the books are definitely wrong. And it's like, right. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of middle area here uh, that, that could, yes. that could go completely <laughs> sideways, especially when you're talking about golf, like, yep. you know, you're talking about a bad lie. We said, we said this a little bit with uh, the, in the show with Eric last week, um, you know, one, one bad swing, a guy misses a cut where he could have went on a run on the weekend. And you're talking about a completely different you know, a different story on a guy. So that kind of stuff is always, it's always important to at least kind of have a feel for, for what's, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And Um, it's just razor thin. Like I said, you know, you're talking 2.1% to one and a half percent and it's 52 to 62 to one or 65 to one. Like it's, there's a lot that can be going on in those little, those little fringe areas. So yeah, I, I do my best with the outrights, um, but it's the head to heads are definitely, pure statistically based yeah i mean and even thinking about last week like tom lewis probably misses the cut uh yeah. if if that's a cut event and you know he goes on and, and shoots what 61 Course and record on saturday yeah like you know and then he finishes t2 or whatever like that if that if that's a cut event we're talking about how he's struggling right now going into the pga championship yeah. like the the whole story is just completely and different i saw enough people had some T20s on him. Like that was a big swing that, like you said, it's just golf's crazy. It, it, it's definitely yeah. a long game of recognizing any edge you have because the bad weeks are bad, yeah. <laughs> but yes, you just yes, have to be able to are. deal with the variance. So that's why, yeah, I definitely preach the bankroll management for betting golf because it's, it's a long game. If you're truly trying to grind it, pure entertainment, eh, go wild, do what you want. I'm not going to preach to you. Like you need to be doing all these special things, right. but you're trying to grind it it's definitely a long game 
Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's important for people to realize whether it's, uh, you know, betting or or DFS. You know, we we see the winning tickets, we see the screenshots yep. and it becomes it becomes very, uh, very easy to be disappointed with with your yeah. outcomes. Don't um, chase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, I think I think it was on the take cast. Uh, Davis had uh, Drew and I forget who else was on the show, but they talked about like. The, just the insane swings and those guys are are playing for for way more money than than most people who would ever uh, be listening to this show right now um and you're talking about you know like six figure swings uh you know in the negative which yeah uh, i i can't even cannot don't be even ashamed imagine. of your five dollar bets like don't don't fall for the screenshot life because yeah. just think about when they're not posting those screenshots right yeah. exactly <laughs> um yeah so as a you know, it's it's Monday here. Uh, this week is a, is slightly different, I guess, because it is a major, and the outrights. Uh, you know, the futures have been posted for however long. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you probably already had uh, a few guys picked out for this week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully with better better numbers that you some got them. Better, at. some worse. Missed a few <laughs> this this time. Normally, do pretty good. Missed a few this time, but um. So on a on a typical week. You know, lines come out during, uh, you know, Monday morning, early Monday morning. What's uh, what's the first thing you do and how do you how do you work your way up to tee off? Typically, I pull the field on Friday evening or Saturday morning after PGA posts it um, just to give me something to do on the weekend. I'll dump it into the model and I'll normally run the first sims. There's some there's some field changes sometimes. Typically, they're not large enough or big enough players to really swing a yeah. simulation all that much. I mean, even the favorites only win what 12 and a half percent of the time. So I don't lose a lot of win equity, but I, I'll normally will rerun them. But that, that's the first thing I do. I just run them and have my numbers ready that way. Come Monday. Um, I like to jump again. I'm not a professional. I don't have to worry about uh, getting as much action down as possible. There's giant, I mean, some sites are worse than others with the limits, but for the most part, I don't ever have to worry about that. So as soon as they open, um, I like to be ready to fire on on the first numbers that uh, the books start putting out there. Try to catch them. So it's normally the, the it's it's kind of a simple process. Like I don't tweak the model much each week. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, I normally run everything and then do the, the tweaks after for more of the the course fit and or history if i if i deem that to be necessary for the week how much uh how much do you take into account um you know tea time splits weather type stuff um do you do you have do you have something in in the simulator that just does that for i would i'm imagining um but or is it something that you just kind of uh you know tweak in your head at once the once the sims run it's something I am constantly working on with weather. I'm not the best coder or automator of things. I do a lot of work in Excel. I'd like to learn some other languages, programs, but uh, busy life. But I can do most of what I need to in Excel. The weather and tea times, it's not as intricate as I'd like it to be. I kind of have like a half-ass um, weather, wind type thing for... But that's normally again. I'll run the Sims plane. Sometimes I'll tweak. I'll tweak the uh, the inputs with the weather if it's going to be drastic. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's easier for me to run them and then 
kind of check it against, I'll call it a table, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think weather is overlooked, um, whether that's morning, afternoon, wind, rain, what have you. Um, there's definitely proof that that can affect what's going on. So I, I do look at that. It's not crazy most weeks, but uh, yeah, every once in a while you get something and you can definitely know that the books didn't check. Right. Yeah. Every, every so often. I mean, even thinking uh, a few years ago, might've been two or three years ago at this point, but I think they, uh, one of the mm-hmm. offshores was offering first round leaders uh, for one of like the three course rotations and just, just had no, <laughs> no idea on that. Yeah. No that was, idea that it was a, that, that, that was not smart. <laughs> they did it for Tory Pines. I know for a fact I hit Rom. He was on the North course. Mm-hmm. It was like 18 to one. He's already brilliant in first rounds and he's going off in the morning. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember that. We were all texting like, holy crap. I yeah. don't think they know. <laughs> but it's nice to sneak one in there every once in a while. You catch them sleeping and it's not an obvious thing. It's not like you're right. poaching awful lines they hung up and you're getting black labeled for that. I mean, they might still label you like, oh, this guy caught us. Like, But it's not, I don't know. I don't find it to be anything worth getting booted over like that they're not checking the weather that's on them so oh for sure yeah no and and i don't think i i hesitate to think that that a lot of people uh or that a lot of books are are tracking that unless you're unless you're pretty new i think that you probably have you know whatever if they're doing any tracking whatever profile you're you're fit under i think they let they let some of those things slide and they should be paying attention to that like it's it's completely on them uh if they if they didn't i know uh i think when these uh nba exhibition games uh came back there were uh some of the games were were 10 minute quarters and some Mm -hmm. of them were 12 minute quarters and they were not were not adjusting for that right um, so th- those types of things, it's like, if, if you're not paying you enough attention to, to that, like, come on, <laughs> like they're pretty good about, uh, matchups and single round matchups, even for keeping them in the same wave, but you can still do your research and every once in a while find even some discrepancy in the head to heads like that. Like they're much better about it, but, uh, still exists from time to time, depending on, uh, where you're doing your shopping. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think sometimes that'll happen more at the tails, whether it's, you know, they want to they want to have a, a, a Rory versus Tiger yes. uh, matchup or, you know, the whatever, whatever bottom tier golfer that you want to talk about um, where they're just like, oh, these guys are kind of close in in ability. So we should we should put them together and not right. just get not just get completely boned on this. <laughs> yeah, it like I said, it's rare, but they still do it occasionally so just yeah. keep your eyes out so I, I do check tea time weather that type of thing um but most weeks if i broadly just look at the weather and it doesn't look like much i don't just, i don't mess with it and yeah. maybe that's something i could probably improve upon and make even more a part of the process um it's on the list for another rainy day i guess yeah it's yeah i mean i think it's probably one of those things um that I I could also be better at and probably just something I would need to automate and and just mm-hmm. not need to touch every time. Correct. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the that's literally the the more I've gotten better in R, the more I've been like, just how did I ever do 
anything before like just the amount of sheer amount of time that i used to spend on stuff is it's just completely absurd compared to now i'm like you know i i click it and i go make a cup of coffee and (laughs) when i come back like it it used to be three hours and now it's like 20 minutes of just running by itself yeah the excel and the google sheets lag just a little bit with some of this (laughs) but uh I've been been looking into R, right? Yeah. I mean, it works. It's just, yeah, I know. Like, all right, I hit calculate and I got some things to do for a minute. And, (laughs) but yeah, no, R job done. If, if you can do Excel, you can definitely do R there. There's, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but you, you know, you pick a couple packages and you get good at it and it's, it's, it's it's crazy. Give me the golf. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, more specifically about the different markets, because, um, you know, through this through this little series that I've been uh, been putting together, we had some head to head slander uh, and, <laughs> we <did. laughs> and we need we need some answers from you here. What what's uh, what what's going on? What how much of your exposure each week is is on head to heads? Um, and wh- like, how do you how do you break that all up? So I'll just use broad examples just because it's easier. So say I have 10 units out in a week. I would imagine seven and a half to eight of that will be in head to heads. And then the remainder would be outrights. I do some T5 stuff. Um, Mike Miller talked about it a little bit. Normally, if the outright number is bad, the formula that books use, the T5s can be bad. T10s, T20s, not always, but typically I do find myself um golfers i like an outright number on i like the t5 but i don't necessarily always bet it just because um just really depends on how much other action i have i i i grind the head-to-heads um i love the outrights don't get me wrong um weeks like this major week i will have more casual action on that um like the master like i I bet Ricky Fowler every major. That's just something I do. I'm a fan. Um, it is what it is, right? I accept that I'm going to lose that money, but I enjoy it. So so like I'll probably have a little more outright money this week. But typically, I'd say it's probably 70% head-to-head, and then 30% would be three balls, two balls, if I'm feeling like running them, T5s, uh, T10s. Yeah, the, the individual round stuff gets tedious to yeah. say the least. I don't bet them all that often and my edge, I don't even know if it's there for that anymore. Um, but more of, again, if I'm bored on a Saturday, I'll run them for Sunday type thing. Yeah. I, th- I think personally for me, I think the, the single round stuff I've been, um, I think I, I finalized this version of the simulator back at the Mayakoba and I've okay. been tracking everything since. And, I'm just like, why, why am I, why would I even bother doing, doing the single round stuff? Like, I think, I think you, you either just don't do any of them or you just pick every one of them. Like, I don't think there's an in-between that you can like realistically do. The cherry picking I do is where the fan side of me comes in and I know I'm going to be watching all Sunday. So I'll run them just in case I find value and I'll hit it. But it's not the best way, like you said. If I'm not doing it every round, I'm passing up potentially those good rounds um, where I have the variance and the luck on my side instead of just trying to cherry pick. You know, and I might, you know, that could be that could be terrible if I hit those bad days. But 
I don't, they normally don't come up as a big enough edge for me to really hammer anyway. So right. those are more, I do run them through the models, but they are still kind of an entertainment thing. Like I know I'm going to be watching, so I'll run them. It's time consuming for me to do too. Like just cause I'll pull off different four books or whatever, and they don't have quite the same numbers. So it, it can get time consuming for what I deem to be very little edge in my, in how I run things. So, yeah, no, for sure. I think, I mean, I know, you know, in the, in the content game, people, people have to have to tweet out picks or, or write up picks for, for a lot of stuff that they don't, um, you know, they don't necessarily even really feel, uh, that strongly about. I've, I've definitely been there, uh, when I was writing for, for the DK playbook, I was at a certain point, I was just like, I can't do this article anymore. Cause I right? can't, I can't pretend that there's like an edge in this no hole in one bet or whatever, like you're asking me to do. <laughs> yeah, it. I've been lucky. So before FTN was fancy golf bag with uh, Drew Matthews, uh, mm-hmm. Red Kajik for everybody. And even coming to FTN, they've been awesome about don't force it. Because I, 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 I was hesitant to ever put out paid content for gambling to begin with. It's already a slippery slope. Right. Um, but they've been very good about you don't have to force it. Like if you're not betting it, just say you're not betting. Like it is, you know, well, I'll find something else to write about. Like I'll just do a deep dive on something if I don't have any head to heads or like, so that's something I don't do as far as the content, but I know, you know, sometimes it is what it is and people have to do that. Um, Yeah. It's, I I couldn't ever do trying to do like head to heads (laughs) on a daily basis for four rounds. I, yeah. The article would just be like, don't do it, but here it is. <laughs> like, yeah, or it, and then they all, better half they a, all end half up looking any unit. Yeah, yeah, they all end up looking the same. It's all like, you know, this guy yeah, did really, really well last uh, last night, and I'm just making uh, stuff up he for content now. <laughs> yeah, like because I don't use like single round like that doesn't affect what I do all that heavily. Like I do things on a round by round type basis, but one round in particular. Yeah, like I can't just type up five times, like put it like crap, struck the ball well. Opponent right. didn't like because I don't even think that's that's not really betting it anyway. <laughs> so right. that yeah. yeah, that that kind of stuff is is super interesting to like. That's one of those things where if I you know maybe maybe if I would have used my my quarantine time better, uh, I would have I would have looked into looked into some of those narrative type things. Right. But it just. It always just feels like, oh, you know, you, I've heard I've heard 17 different people say this. So I'm just going to say it, even though I don't know if it's if there's any value to this yeah. whatsoever. I mean, I had I used to have a little disclaimer at the bottom of because I would I'll write up head to head stuff. But I do have a like a mini disclaimer, like the model is what tells me what to bet. I then can go use statistics to explain probably why, like I can use strokes gain stats that people understand to explain probably why I'm on said side, but just know that I'm not necessarily betting it just because golfer a is a bad part. Like, cause it's not true. It's not, I'm not looking purely <laughs> at two rounds of data and saying, yep, I got it. Like right. this is, if it was that easy, I mean, Oh, I wish it was that easy. Like, Oh, bad putter, good putter. Yeah. Like, it's gonna flip flop, right? <laughs> and we're then we're also operating under the assumption that everything just regresses to the mean after every round. Which, yeah. if you've watched any golf or pl- really played any golf, you know that that's not true, right? Uh, yep. at, at any skill level, 
Yeah, so the the single round stuff and just yeah, it like I like showdown though. I do like showdown DFS, but um yeah, way more into that. Plus the prize is much bigger for finally hitting that that crazy variance than just a plus 120 head to head. Exactly. The uh, yeah, the sh- the showdown stuff is interesting. I that's another thing that I keep telling myself I'm going to uh dive into, but every time I go to it's like, you know, something broke in the in the simulator or where I'm pulling mm-hmm. data and I have to go fix that. You time know. consuming too, yeah. Once again, every day. It gets it's a grind trying to do that stuff every day. I don't play showdown every day, but yeah. I try to get into a couple contests a weekend. I yeah, I do I definitely will uh I I talk to uh Anthony Amico uh quite a bit. Obviously he was he hosted the show with me for a little bit. Um and uh, we we always are like texting each other like oh there there's weather like we we gotta at least take advantage of the of the yeah. weather split and showdown like that people the, don't it, it's, yeah which it was a recent event Camp Champ had the virus or something but then they let him in so he wasn't on the main slate but then they put him in round two showdown at min price and he was still only twenty five percent owned or right. like it was a free square button. Like the only way I could see you fading is, I guess, if you truly thought he was going to suck, but he still should have been 70% and he was like 25. So like, it's things like that where I wasn't going to play that day. I just happened to pull in the score or pull in the salaries. And I was like, Oh my God, like now I have to, because I know not everybody's going to scroll to the bottom. Right. And that's not a name. It's not a name. You just search cam champ to play. It's not like tiger. If they mispriced tiger. Um, Yeah, it was wild. So again, you can stumble into this stuff if you're looking. It's yeah. Um, I also I, I just have to have to give a shout out to to Data Golf too because we uh, I stumbled across their their old betting blogs. Mm. Um, and if you if you haven't if you're listening to this and you are interested at all in their model, um, or just modeling in general, like I I, I found it fascinating. They they <laughs> there's all these posts from like the past like three or four years that uh that have definitely um that were definitely eye-opening for me like saved me a little bit of work um check those out yeah i'm always interested to see you know even if i even if i don't necessarily agree 100 percent with uh with other people it's it's always interesting to hear uh or read people like talk out their their whole process because it 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 illuminates some things for you sometimes too Oh, I definitely Frankensteined all my models originally based off smarter people than me, you know, getting in deep holes in the Google machine and <laughs> ending up at PDFs from some random statistics student who actually hates golf, but had to do a numbers write up 10 years ago. And yeah, it doesn't have all the answers, obviously, because if it did, the books would have it anyway, but it definitely pointed me to different processes different types of modeling simulations things that i don't really have a pure statistical background so it was kind of learning you know basic math and statistics i took through college but now tailoring it to what i wanted to do with golf so definitely have to check that out too yeah i like guys like you said even if i don't necessarily agree with you or even if i don't fully understand what you're doing i'm i can probably pull something new from it yeah that i can layer like I won't have the same model as you or them, but because of something you said might make me change or add something to my current model. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, how small or right. you know, yeah. how small we think these edges are. Like, even if it's, 
you know, a, a half a percent in your favor, um, that could, you know, you, you hit an outright because that's showing value now where it wasn't showing value yeah. without that half a percent, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real difference. So, right. um, yeah, that it's, it was funny. I was, uh, I was just going back and forth talking to, it's the best to just talk out, you know, your whole process with people. And I was like, oh my God, I just saved myself like hours of work because right. the, the guys at data golf already did these things <laughs> and right. figured it out. Beautiful, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here in a few. Um, I, I did, or actually before I ask you this question, what, to what extent do you, uh, do you track everything that you're doing? Like, are you, are you pulling in all the head to heads and then, uh, you know, keeping track of how your model did regardless of what edge you showed, or are you more just tracking the bets that you place? Like how, how do you go about doing that? 95% of the time I remember to go back and grade everything. <laughs> um, there are some weeks that I forget and it's like, Oh, here we go. I got 50 head to heads to go grade. Cause I do run, uh, I'll run every matchup um, and keep it. So I will grade everything just to see, to see if I'm missing too, because just cause I think I have an edge. So if I were to ignore a bunch that I don't, but I keep hitting you know, something that maybe only has half a percent that I normally wouldn't bother with. Maybe I need to go back and look at the model and be like, okay, why are these plays hitting, you know, and, and it's a large sample. I don't check it maybe twice a year. I'll right. put everything, I'll go through everything, filter it, you know, look for some sort of statistical trend um, with the outrights. I keep all of those and I do check for instance, um, if I, ha I'll have a group, you know, past, 10, 15 tournaments of all golfers who I think should win 1% of the time in that given week, I will check to see if 1% of those group have won the X amount of tournaments we've had. Right. So I'll, I'll kind of check it like that for accuracy. So not just, yeah, I check everything, not just the plays I'm doing. I want to make sure I'm not getting lucky or yeah. Like if I, if for, for some reason, like all the head to heads I'm pulling out are winning 65% of the time, and everything else is losing like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'm not, but if everything else has some wins too, even below the threshold, I think is an edge. I might go back and figure out why. So yeah, I do a lot of tracking that, that eats up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another, another thing that, that probably, uh, you know, could be, could be automated. Um, yep. I, I just realized that I overwrote the, uh, last week's last week last week's head-to-heads um yeah I've when i that. ran this week's simulator so i'm like oh man now i gotta go back and figure this out <laughs> yeah i've i i have a better process now where i can even backtrack pretty easy it's easy for me to get to my rating my previous ratings i save all that now in separate files so if i have to if i do that um or i'll i'll, I'll forget to save as and i'll save over a template or something stupid yeah um, the worst Yep. So I, I do save each week's ratings and pr win probabilities and all that. Now, it, again, a lot of mistakes have led to the semi fine oiled machine that I'm running at the moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. And now this <laughs> is probably, yeah, this is something that hopefully I won't, I won't forget to do again because yeah. I'm kicking myself so hard for doing it this time. <laughs> and most people don't ever have to do this. I understand that 95% of people who consume my content don't care they don't care necessarily about plus EV negative. They just want to have fun. But so I, I try not to preach this stuff way too much unless someone's truly interested. Cause I know it's like I said, I'm not a professional, but I try to bet like them as far mm -hmm. as the process. So 
it is a lot, but um, I do enjoy talking about it. So if anybody wants to know more, but uh, I know it's a lot for the normal better to to try to do all of that on a given week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's the the typical, you know, DFS thing, too. Like people just just want. I mean, that's why they pay for the site, right? That's why I do it, I guess, because people are paying. I do all the legwork and here here you go. Hopefully we win together, too. So I am betting. I am betting what I put out there. So, right. (laughs) Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's hit some, uh, a couple of, a couple of quick questions. Who, which golfer, uh, do you think has, or you probably know this if you, if you track pretty, uh, pretty specifically, who has made you the most money, uh, over the course of your betting career? That would be Mr. Brooks Kepka. Um, I've had a ticket on him every major he has won. So, and I don't bet him very often outside of the majors. The And the last bet I made was definitely negative EV. The first three, I think I was fine on. Uh, golf gurus, my buddy Sky and I both had him 50 to 1 or 40 to 1 for the first two, something like that, the first two U.S. Opens. Something like 22 to 1 at PGA may not have been the most positive expected value. Uh, there he is. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I hit the exacta with him and DJ at Beth page one and two. So again, I think that was a negative EV bet. <laughs> um, I wanted action on both of them and didn't want the number. So I said, screw it. I'll take this terrible bet and cross my finger. And it, and it worked out. So that paid off for, I've taken a lot of bad beats since the restart, a lot of second and third places. So yeah. they all even out. You remember the bad ones for sure, but I got to remember the good ones too, of when you hit, terrible bets that you shouldn't have made. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely Brooks is, uh, Brooks is paid for some nice things. <laughs> so who is, who's on the, who's on the opposite end of the spectrum? Who's, who's the guy that you, uh, you love to bet, but doesn't, uh, hasn't come through for you as a fan. It's definitely Ricky. Like I mentioned it, it outside of like being a fan bet though. It's hard to say. I think, I think I get it a fair amount of guys up and down. I don't know if I've ever been that wrong on someone continuously. Um, I am willing to learn and let the model learn of what is going on, but definitely Ricky, as far as, like I said, he he's a every major, every major bet. Um, yeah. Just crossing the fingers. I probably bet Adam up until this year, it was going to, it was probably Adam Scott, but he finally won uh, when I had a ticket at Riviera. So, he made up for he might have he might have broke me even on Adam Scott. So <laughs> the 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 people are the people are interested in Adam Scott this week apparently too. I, I, I feel like there's been uh, just a, a real real crazy amount of buzz on yeah. uh, on Adam Scott. So this is a, this is a good segue into uh, into the PGA Championship stuff. Um, uh, do you have any interest in Scott this week? I bet Adam Scott at 60 to one. I'm sure I'll play him on DraftKings too. And I got in a debate earlier, a healthy discussion. And I kind of have been about the ignoring the layoff. Like I think it's hard for me to quantify once again. So if I can't, I don't try to mentally do it too much, but uh, I went back and ran today. My post COVID starts versus pre and the correlation between them is pretty solid. So it goes back to, for the most part, we know who golfers are. So I'm going to assume 
that Adam Scott can pull most of his form, even if it's not all of it, even if I regress it back a little bit, I still think it's better than 60 to one from what I ran. So I'm willing to pull the trigger. If it like, even if he plays bad, I don't necessarily think it's because of the layoff. I think it's because he's going to be playing a tough golf course and a really good field. And that kind of thing happens. So like if, you know, these guys came back off the layoff two months off and they broke records at colonial. So if the two months of not playing golf was so bad, then realistically the whole field would have been bad. So I, I, you know, you can look at Fleetwood. He sucked. Okay. But Hatton came back at RBC and played fine. Right. Uh, like, so if you start cherry picking is my whole point of the conversation was it gets dangerous when you're not looking at the field as a whole and you're just looking at four or five guys who you remember being good or bad post break. So I'm not that worried about it. Adam Scott doesn't play a lot to begin with. He's gone. I think I heard Mayo say, so he won in, he won the Australian in December. And I think Mayo said that his next event was Riviera that he won. Yeah. He did win back to back. Yeah. So yeah. That's just another thing. I think, uh, like, I'd be more worried about Tiger not playing than anybody else. But he's been vocal about his back. You know, someone's talking about injury, sure, but like in a vacuum, I'm I didn't regress things all that much for guys coming off these big layoffs. And if it bites me, it bites me. But that's where I'm at with it. No, I I agree with you. I the one the one project I I did sort of look into uh, was you know, trying to figure out like long layoffs uh, and how they affected different guys. And, and it was just, I mean, the, the biggest crap shoot that you could possibly imagine. Like right. there was, there was not, there was not nearly, nearly enough signal uh, to, to make any sort of like big, uh, you know, player specific generalizations. It, it just seemed like it was uh, kind of a, kind of a waste of time, but a lot of this, a lot of this stuff is you have to, you have to waste some time on, on oh, some yeah. things um for yeah. for what it's worth you said what'd you say he's uh plus six thousand yeah I, I found him 60 to one i've seen bigger DraftKings sportsbook had him at 75 at one point today i've seen him as low as 50 at some books so yeah he's he's 75 at FanDuel yep. um right now i in I in mean, the sim i have him as uh like 5200 so um that would that would constitute some interest on, on my part as well. So yeah, he, he's, I've, I've been really high on him for a while. I don't know if it's that I rate his non PGA rounds higher than other people or what it is. Um, but I, I've noticed over the last year, I even, cause I'll check other people's stuff. Of course, I'm always interested and I always seem to be higher on Adam Scott. And like I said, for a while, I looked like a real dunce. But it, it finally paid off at Riviera on a pretty a decent enough numbers, 34, 35, somewhere in there. So um, I'm definitely high on him this week as well. And it could burn me. I don't think it's because of the layoff. That's just yeah, kind of no, how I, I look at it. I think I think that's probably right. Um, all right. So do you have uh, what's your what, what's your favorite bet you're uh, you're going to share? I know. I think you posted your your outrights already, right? Yeah. Most of those futures um, I've been accumulating throughout the year, which is what there's a bad Fleetwood number there now. There's a bad Morikawa number. I think I thought Morikawa was higher than 33 now at least at certain books. Really, it depends on where you shop. I know the Fleetwood number's bad. I know there's 50s out there. Yeah, Morikawa um, is like 35, 
Yeah, I, I did I did scoop day this morning with everybody else <laughs> um, at 80 to 1. But I think my – so as far as the head-to-heads go, since I've been talking about those all day, um, one of the – it's not a huge edge, but it's – I really didn't find too many in the PGA that I ran this morning. A lot of – there was a lot of extra juice. Um, but I took Sergio Garcia plus 100 against Justin Rose. Um Again, I made it. Uh, I made Sergio closer to minus one twelve, so there was enough there for me to uh, to fire on that one. So that's currently my favorite head to head. I'm going to see. I only ran two books, so we'll see what everybody else drops as the week progresses. But yeah, Sergio over Justin at plus one hundred. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I've been. Uh... I've been anti-Rose uh, coming into uh, oh, yeah. coming into 2020. Didn't I didn't buy any of it. No. Um, I think, don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I was. I think I said that he was going to fall out of the top 10 uh, on on Rouseland show okay. uh, coming yeah. into the year. So I I felt I think that happened in like three weeks, <laughs> like three weeks into the season. And I don't have him projected at like all that bad. It's more of I think I'm higher on Sergio yeah. than this particular book. Um, again, I haven't shopped this elsewhere. Sometimes you compare even just head-to-heads at certain books, and you're like, holy crap, Like I could get on both sides probably if I really wanted to. Oh, yeah. um, I think this is more me being higher on Sergio right now than it is anti-Rose. I'm not big on Rose, but his recent form dragging, uh, the long-term dragging for him, so even – just regressing it. I, I think it's more of a play on Garcia this week though. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, to, to a certain extent lately, I feel like Sergio has probably, uh, has probably not been, not been properly valued. Like I feel, I feel like even his, you know, his salaries and stuff on DraftKings, like what is right. he 75 or 7,600? Yeah, that paid off. Yeah. And then this um, week will be another. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's around for for DFS purposes. He's around some guys that um, probably just just have no shot this week, just just based on distance alone. Yeah, um, and it's his putting that's been terrible. And and I incorporate putting. I think that separates me. I mean, I think some people use putting. I would wager I might incorporate a little more than most people. So that that does affect. I've noticed how some of my outright numbers and head-to-head numbers come out. I definitely know it's because I weight putting a little more certain weeks. But I mean, Sergio has been pretty damn good in three of the four strokes gain categories. So I know he's never really performed well at PGA Championships, but I, which is weird. I feel, feel like he has the tools to do so. So yeah, hopefully it's this week. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, you know, it, he just needs to be just needs to beat Justin Rose at that point. So it's fine. Right. Yeah. See, that's the beauty. They can both miss the cut for all I care. That's the beauty of head to head. I win wait. so many where both miss the cut. I'm like, those perfect. are the, those are I the get paid out. Oh, I love it. I get paid out. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing better than just like going into the weekend, knowing you have, you know, X number of, uh, of oh, head to heads locked up like, and you don't have to worry right. about it. Yeah. Three, you know, I'm free rolling the weekend now with these last three. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of why that's kind of why this past week uh, sucked a little bit, because a, a few of them I probably uh, would have been on the right side of, if not for the extra two rounds. <laughs> oh, I ran pure this weekend. I was 0-4 after the cut in Euro and the LPGA and managed to close out 
the next five after the cut. So squeaked out five and four, but it was, it was a tough start. Like, Oh, and four. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is only week three at FTN. I wrote up nine head to heads and we're on four. This is outstanding. Uh, that's, that's how it always works. I, I you had, know, had the big weekend. So whew. yeah, that's, that's the best thing. We, right. uh, I, I write up some, some betting stuff for, for bet the prop and, uh, you know, we, we were joking around about it. We're like, you know, as soon as sports come back, we're just going to be on like the, the coldest streak possible with, with right. all the picks. And people are going to be like, why, why are we subscribing to this? It just always works that way. Or you post like, you know, you've been hot fire for three weeks and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden. It's uh, kind of what happened. Yeah, we transitioned to FTN and I, I was on a pretty solid run with the head to heads. I was like, oh, man, I know how this is going to end. But <laughs> so far, so good. Up up five units since we started posting there on the head to heads. So hopefully that continues this weekend. There you go. All right. So, uh, Axis, thanks. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. This was uh, this was a fun conversation. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thanks again. For you can uh, you can find Axis on Twitter at Fantasy Jesus DFS. Uh, and all of his work over at FTN, along with the rest of the uh, the former former fantasy golf bag guys. Yes. So uh, make sure you make sure you check that out. Um, and we will uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the slate breakdown with Evan. So we will talk soon. See you. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.